All right, guys, it's Wednesday. You know what that means. We are reading the comments. We are getting to see what you think about us. More importantly, what you think about your respective teams. Also, breaking news, Sam Hartman is back for the Demon Deacons. What does that mean for them, though? Should he wait a little while longer as we're talking about the Demon Deacons and making known that at the end of the day, Vanderbilt is not that big of a pony that you need to be worried about. No, no. All the conversations here with AJ Black from Locked On Boston College going down now. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Thank you so much for joining me today. We've got a great show. Not only are we reading your comments, but we are also going to talk about this return of Sam Hartman. He is going to be leading the Demon Deacons this week two game against Vanderbilt. So that's very exciting for the friends out there in Wake Forest and Winston-Salem who are ready to see their QB1 return to things. But more than that, we are talking about the fact that you can subscribe to our channels right now, Locked on Boston College, Locked on ACC on YouTube. You can follow us wherever you're listening to your podcast because we are your teams every day. We, want, we appreciate it when you make us your first listen. AJ Black is back in the building. All of his the vitriol that he's experienced, he's fine. He's surviving it, and he's good to go. AJ, how you doing? Good. First of all, if you're listening to this and you're a Rutgers fan, it was Mitch, my co-host, that said they were going to lose by 28. I had them <laughs> losing by 14, which was the spread was nine. So I'm 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 not being a complete homer here when I happened. Yeah. But you know what? Fun weekend. I've I I can take it on the chin here. Yeah, and uh, um, as BC gets ready for Virginia Tech, I just want to be the first to say that Frank Beamer is completely overrated <laughs> as a head coach. Hit Locked On Boston College wherever you get your YouTube and podcasts. Love it. And, you know, we did, we hadn't really gotten an opportunity to talk much about Boston College because we're doing the highs and lows, good, bad, and uglies. But I will say it's very head-scratching the first game out the gate, which I'm thinking is going to be Boston College having a really good run of it to see them lose so close. Did, did it give you pause or nervousness towards the rest of the season? Oh, yeah. I mean, the offensive – so going into the – season i said the offensive line was going to be uh, the biggest question mark and all they had to be was serviceable they were a train wreck <laughs> and just like and you, my again my co-host mitch went through the film and he put up some stuff on twitter at mitchell t wolf of some just plays where there was one where the the center is not blocking anyone and jacobus getting slammed in the face you know lots of just mistakes on both sides of the ball including yeah. that 96 yard drive that rutgers did to win it 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 felt sloppy it felt unhalfly like and um you know there's obviously hope that they can uh, improve upon that and fix the mental mistakes that they made which were a lot mm -hmm. but you just didn't expect jeff halfway to be that sloppy to start the season against a rutgers team they were playing three quarterbacks one of which was not even their starter yeah. They didn't even bother throwing the ball and they still beat you. <laughs> you know, it's definitely a tough day when you don't have the right discipline, when you're expecting that from a coach of Halfley's caliber. And maybe they'll bounce back week two. It should be a good slate of games as we're starting out in the next chapter for a lot of these teams on a clean slate. 
One very positive chapter for our ACC teams here, Wake Forest's return of QB1, Sam Hartman, who's been cleared of his medical conditions, and now he is ready to go. Uh, you know, surprisingly enough, one of the best doctors who specializes in whatever Sam had going on was around the Winston-Salem area and was able to get him all checked out and cleared. Now, of course, we're all saying we don't know what it is. We respect HIPAA, all the things, but glad to have him back, one. However, is it too soon, considering what this team is trying to do this season? Is Vanderbilt the team that you want to get your first couple reps with? I mean, I think Vandy's a great opportunity for him to start his season. You know, okay. it's a good challenge. You know, I, I'm not going to get into the medical stuff of what went on with Sam. It sounds like blood clots, which are always really seriously. And there was a, and there was a, a syndrome that went along with it. But mm -hmm. you just you're just glad to see him back out there because – you know, when you look at the ACC and the big stories heading into the season, having Sam Hartman hope to get another chance at that ACC title had to be one of the biggest storylines. Just, you know, taken away from him because of something out of his control was, was a major bummer. Um, and, you know, Vandy is a power five school. They're in the SEC. And, yeah, they're not very good, but they're 2-0. Um, I, I, I'm excited just to see him back on the field. I think this is this is great. And. You know, if the if the doctors are saying he's clear to go, which they clearly are saying right now, then go for it. Let's let's get him out there as soon as he if he feels ready, they feel ready, do it. Go for it. Yeah. And if we're looking from an Atlantic division perspective and we're talking about quarterbacks, I think it's high time that we have someone have a really good game. And if anything, coastal quarterbacks were getting all the praise. If you listen to yesterday's show with Kenton Gibbs. From the Atlantic side, where we have a lot of returners, it was less than stellar. Maybe Sam is going to help rise the tide a little bit, but it was just it was not impressive considering. What were your thoughts overall from week one and seeing the Atlantic Division quarterbacks? So it, I thought it was crazy that the <laughs> highest rated ACC Atlantic quarterback was Garrett Schrader. And I know you were getting some uh, some you and Kenton were both getting some beef uh, flack about that, but. <laughs> Yeah. That tells you everything you need to know that Devin Leary struggled, DJ struggled, Phil Jakovic struggled, and Sam Hartman didn't play. So, and Malik Cunningham struggled. He didn't look good at all. Yeah. So, who's on the top? It's Garrett Schrader. So, that says a lot. And, you know, I love college football. I, at the end of one week, how topsy turvy things are, you know, like <laughs> Garrett Schrader, who no one was talking about. Again, this is the story of college football. No yeah. one's talking about him. And all of a sudden, now he, looks like the best quarterback in the ACC Atlantic after one week. Listen, it pays to have a better offensive system. Shout out to the homie Ryan Files who put up the nice comment saying, quote, Garrett Schrader, highest rated power five quarterback in PFF in week one. He wasn't just looking like a half a quarterback. He was arguably the quarterback. Yes, it's only week one overreactions abound. But if an A and Beck, the coaches that made Brennan Armstrong have turned Schrader into a solid passer, combine him with Tucker leading the offense in a Tony White defense already looking like midseason form with the star players it has. This can really be a really dangerous team and a legitimate dark horse if they stay healthy. And not for nothing, we all thought Louisville was going to be the dark horse. We had been praising mm -hmm. Satterfield and his recruiting, and we were thinking Malik Cummins. Malik Cunningham is the second coming of Lamar Jackson. We didn't talk about that defense, and maybe we now know why. But I still think you got to give credit where it was due. Garrett Schrader, I know I say he was half quarterback, but, I mean, I'm going to keep it a band. Like, I am a caper for Dina Babers. I'm excited for them. Will they get back to 10 wins? Who knows? But it certainly is 
positive to see a team that everyone put them on the bottom and just said, this is Dino's last year. This is all the bad things to see them have such a positive outlook on game one, especially against a conference team is pretty telling. Yeah. I mean, this Syracuse was one of the big winners in college football after yep. one. Yep. And again, you know, I, after last year, I, I was feeling pretty kind of strong about how I thought Dino did a nice job of like reinventing their program and, and getting them on the right foot, but it just seems like it's continued. So yeah. maybe we're, you know, some of the folks that have been saying like he should be on the hot seat are wrong because this, it, it all points to me coaching, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I heard folks like crapping all over Halfley for whatever, for what he was doing, but all that little Nick, you know, like, did he run outside versus inside who the, you know, that's one thing, but like what B- Dino Babers has done, the ability to reinvent a program, to find the strengths and, and coach to those strengths is good coaching. That's yeah. what good coaching is. It's not, did he run off tackle versus, you know, that, that stuff is not what coaching is about in yeah. terms of the, the overall health of a program. Yeah. Yeah. That I is agree. what Dino does so well. And I, I'm, I have to say I'm impressed with him so far in a year in the last, what, 14, 13 games of what he's done with Syracuse. No doubt. Before we switch gear here, giving shout out to Jamie Harper, another Syracuse fan. He said the first time in four years, Syracuse was healthy and hosting U of L. The previous three years, UofL blew out Syracuse in Louisville in the game where late in the season was U- Syracuse was banged up. So they pretty much were just waiting for their look back, which they certainly got and had an opportunity to be great. And so I'm just excited to see a good team have some good luck. And now we get to move on and discuss more of your comments because I know AJ has quite the things to say. Luckily, there's no Rutgers people in here, but that may, may be different tomorrow, AJ. We never know. <laughs> But as you gear up for fall, you may need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make life easier and find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. You can create a free job in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. I'm telling you, don't sleep on LinkedIn. It's a great opportunity for you and your businesses to get the right people inside your organizations. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to much faster. Every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn and you can post your job for free right now. LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. So we're rocking and rolling here with AJ Black of Locked On Boston College coming to us every single week to give us not only rankings, but also help read some of the comments from some of our fans here. And we know week one was crazy. Overall, it was a great ap- opportunity for the ACC to have some really good games. Finished up with 11-4, and four, strong performance from a, a conference that everyone was saying, listen, we might not exist after the next couple of years, but we were holding true. We beat some really good SEC teams, I'm just saying. One of the comments that I thought was very clever, that's from Sad Rack Dorse, Pitt and FSU did good, but Virginia Tech shocked me. As someone who put the Hokies sort of towards the bottom, did it shock you that ODU took them down? It absolutely did. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at this game going, how did Virginia Tech lose this? And I, I look at Grant Wells' performance, and that, that, that to me was the, the – yeah. um, that was the whole my lordy. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a long year. And, you know, it's you expected some bumps. Yeah. For, the, you know, um, for the new head coach. 
But when you look at the end of the day, what happens against Old Dominion, a team who's now beaten um, Virginia Tech twice, mm-hmm. I have to worry about where that program is going. Yeah, and especially all things considered of what what Virginia Tech means to the ACC is just it's hard to put into words to what you see now because I'm like yeah they had the Brent Burmeister years it was bad the, yeah they had the Fuente years don't let's try and forget about those and now they're starting out with pride not in good fashion but let me just say Virginia Tech football was everything I mean the Cam Chancellors of the world the Michael Vicks so you mm-hmm. you can go back for ages like ACC especially when they got to the ACC they dominated for a long time to see that just not be anywhere close to what it was is really disheartening yeah yeah you you would you would hope that this program, even at their lowest point, would be able to figure something like that. Yeah. And the fact that they didn't, you know, it's just the first game. So, you know, I, I, I don't want to re- read too much into something that um, be ch- fixable. There's things that maybe they just need to clean up. But, you know, when you lose to a non-Power 5 program like that right away, in the way that they did and just looks so sloppy. It, it it's concerning and it and it and it's not how you want to start a new brand new regime here at Virginia Tech. Yeah. And uh but you know again at the end of the day they they start they open with that and then they have every opportunity now they can look across the field and play Boston College this week a team that is struggling just as much as they are. Look at all those weaknesses and try to figure something out. They're playing at home at night, you know, against an ACC opponent. It's the perfect week for them to kind of fix that. Yeah, listen, they they clearly need the Lane Stadium start. Like, that's how they get their energy going. They need the Lane Stadium. They need the Friday night lights, the Saturday night lights. They need that energy at Ender Sandman stuff and all the good things. I think it's the tide will turn. It's just, yep. you know, sometimes you got to get punched in the mouth. Sometimes teams respond better once they get punched in the mouth. So we'll, we'll be seeing that. Now we got Deshaun Blanding saying them hurricanes look good. Good. Candace, you look good too. Thank you for that. The hurricanes definitely put up 70. Tyler Van Dyke looked in pre, uh, midseason form and the Miami hurricanes are off to a great start. All things considered. And with so many teams to me struggling or being a little shaky, I mind you it is Bethune Cookman, but still it was nice to see Miami kind of, you know, rise to the occasion of it's we're, Feeling like the SEC in terms of we play lower teams, we're going to dominate them because that's what other you know bigger schools or top tier schools that we all talk about or trying to aspire to seem to be doing. So you know, credit to Miami and Tyler Van Dyke for getting it done. Yeah, I mean, you just get when you get those opponents. There's no way to, I mean, you could play down to them, but you do what you got to do. You win those games and you move on. And I think that's exactly what Miami did. Like, you just you just finish that game. You do you you take care of the team in front of you, and that's exactly what what the Hurricanes did to earn that win and, and start the season off on the right foot. Now, do you think that it's better to start with a team like a Bethune Cookman or get your feet wet with like a Colorado state, Utah state, or should, you know, you step up, you've been working all summer and you start out with like a Rutgers, you start out with the ECU and ODU and an app state. And you say to yourself, all right, look, we put in the work. We feel like we have the kind of talent. Let's really go head to head early. I mean, I think I honestly think you should start with those teams, like playing mm-hmm. the ODUs, the Rutgers, because there's only so much you can you can gain from playing like a Bethune Cookman or Maine or um, you know the 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 FCS schools. Yeah. You know, I think I think honestly the future of college football. I know FCS. This is a whole other conversation. FCS schools, I think, are going to go the way you know they're going to go away. I think schools are going to start playing more 
to get more money. And the, the FCS schools aren't making the money on the college football, um, you know, yeah. networks as a team, like playing like Rutgers or playing like ODU. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's more value to that, to a program. And yeah, Virginia Tech and Boston College took their lumps to schools like that, but it gives you more value in, in, in stuff to build on. And, and yeah. it's the first week, like Virginia Tech and BC could figure things out. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that that's going to give them a lot to build upon. Like, because now you, you've played, you know, BC played a power five program, you know, old dominion is not, not a complete uh, pushover, but I think that, that, that is much more valuable to programs than playing, you know, just an FCS school because that doesn't show you anything to start. It's just basically an, it's a glorified scrimmage. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think that like in the day I was saying this on the show yesterday, put up or shut up. It's either you got it or you don't, if you really want to be at the next level. And I know the Alabamas of the world and the Ohio States, they start out with teams that are, you know, less than seller, but I'm always more impressed with guys who are challenged in the beginning and they're ultimately able to figure it out or pull away. Like even with Clemson and Georgia tech, it was nice to see Georgia tech's defense hold their own, but for so long, for a couple, you know, special teams. And I think that's where you start to see, okay, week one, we all still still getting that big understanding that special teams is going to need the most work out of any side of the ball when it comes down to X's and O's. And hopefully you'll see improvement out of those specialists as the season progresses. But at the end of the day, I'm more impressed with that than someone who had puts up 70 or whatever. Just saying, I still think it's great. I'm still taking dubs. I'm still holding down for the ACC. Again, 11 and four at the tally. Yep. I'm good to go. But I like I like a little competition every now and again. And speaking of competition, we all know there's wins, losses, ranks, and the like. And we have rankings, the weekly rankings, that AJ Black provides us each and every week. We talk about the top five and the bottom five from the Atlantic and the Coastal. So let's do five, four, three, two, one when it comes to the Coastal teams. Let us know who are your top five and then who are your bottom five. Okay, so starting at my number five, mm-hmm. I am going to put Miami. Okay. Um, they're up there. They got a little bit to build upon, but I have them as my number five because I think they have a lot of potential, and I want to see them live up to that potential under Mario Cristobal, but beating Bethany and Cookman, Cookman is not going to do it for me right now <laughs> because I, I, I have some other teams that have played better games that I think mm-hmm. I'm going to put above them. AJ, you just like to have people come at you, and I've just made peace with that because the <laughs> hurricanes are going to eat you alive, and that's okay. Number five, they're going to be like number five. You can follow me on tw- on uh, social media <laughs> at Locked On BC. Hit that subscribe button wherever you get that. Um, <laughs> number four, yes, I'm going to put as the Pit Panthers. Okay, and, okay. Um, a good the backyard brawl was a a lot of fun to watch. It was. Um, they get Tennessee this week, though. That is going to be a challenge. Hendon Hooker, former Virginia Tech quarterback, is leading a very potent Tennessee team that seems to figure things out. If Pitt goes out there and plays like they did against West Virginia, they're going to lose. Um, but they have potential. And again, it's week one. Anything can happen. So I'm going to yeah. put them at my number four. Number okay. three, and Candace, I have learned absolutely nothing doing this podcast for a year. I'm putting the UNC Tar Heels. <laughs> oh, my God. First of all, the fact you put UNC over Pitt and Miami lets me know yep. you're crazy. But, hey, you know, I I, am, I, I respect it. So, I get I get sucked in by flashy players. And Drake May <laughs> has, <laughs> has 
<laughs> Drake May threw for about 9,000 yards against App State. And um, I I just loved the way he played. And I have to go. So, yeah, he threw for 352 yards and uh, four touchdowns. And then he threw uh, for 300 yards, nine touchdowns. I love college football quarterbacks that can do things like he can. It can mask terrible defenses. We saw it with Sam Hartman last year. Um, I'm going to go with Drake May and the UNC Tar Heels. Oh, my Lord. All right. There still has to be two more teams, so I'm very curious at this point. Okay. UNC, NC State is out of my top. I thought they looked – did not look that I am I expected to win the ACC. Yeah. Um, they're at number six for me right now. So number two, I'm going Wake, Wake Forest. Okay. Um, I – now with Sam Hartman back, they have Vanderbilt on their slate. Um, they're one and no, I think this is, you know, they get their quarterback, you know, right at the right time. So I'm going to go with the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. You know, I'm hoping that Sam can keep the train rolling, but they looked good against VMI and Mitch clearly can show that if need be, he'll be a great backup, which, you know, there's a lot of money to be made for backups here in this game of football. So the defense is definitely improved and maybe they'll keep things rolling. All right. Number Mm -hmm. one, who we got? I got to go with Clemson. What? Um, uh, Yeah. AJ, AJ, no way, bro. No way. AJ, did you watch that game last night? I did. Okay. And yeah, DJ looked like butt, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm going to have like eight angry fan bases, including Rutgers fans, just, just slam in this comment section. All right. The defense is, is disgusting. They are so good. Yeah. And uh, Clubney, Clubnick, their <laughs> backup quarterback, will be the quarterback by the end of this month. And <laughs> Because DJ did not show me anything yesterday, which I was yeah. expecting. He just looked exactly the same as the year before, except he's thinner now. And I don't know. Right now, at this moment, I'm going with Clemson number one because they have the best defense. I don't know about Georgia, but probably like one or two in the country right now. Okay, And that is enough to win a, this conference to me. You know, I think what's most frustrating watching Clemson is the fact that a lot of people gave a lot of flat to Tony Elliott in that offensive coordinator position and felt as if he was the problem. And yep. then he left and you saw nothing change. So it's like, I need an apology, sir. I need everyone to apologize. Same way I had to apologize to Jay Bateman from Carolina for being the defensive coordinator because nothing changed. It's the same way I would like people to apologize to Tony Elliott because clearly he was not the issue at Clemson. And I'm hoping, it, honestly, probably more so solidified that he it was time for a change based on how things were not progressing over there for the Tigers. Yeah, I mean, I, I the offense isn't all that impressive, but <laughs> the defense. The defense yeah. is sick enough that they can do it. Yeah, you know? it, it seemed as if Brett Venables was like, see ya, and they were like, all right, bet. Anyway, like as as we were, you know, keep things rolling and they did a good job. All right, bottom five, who we got? And Duke better not be the lowest one or I'm gonna be upset. No. I'm going to put Georgia Tech as the bottom because I, I don't think they had their chance last night. They and did. That, they had their half, you know, half where they kind of hung around a little bit. That's over now. It's not their, <laughs> it wasn't their players, though. That's the biggest thing to me. Like, oh, Jeff Collins is a mess. They need, to get, they need to get a new coach soon. So he's my number okay. five. Okay. 
Number four, I'm going to put Virginia Tech. Okay, okay. So from the bottom. So bottom, yes. Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech right underneath them. Um, when you have a quarterback that throws four interceptions and loses Old Dominion, that's bad. <laughs> Number three, Boston College. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, right. and rightfully so. Rightfully Absolutely. So. They earned every moment of that. I sat there. <laughs> so just a little bit of a background note. I gave, I usually go as a media member. I My yeah. wife is a grad. My sister-in-law is a grad. We decided to go to the game, take my kids to this. Ooh. I had them sit through that crap. <laughs> for two quarters and then okay. they left and then I sat by myself and watched them fall apart um, but they got the perfect experience of what it is to be a Boston College fan and get your just soul ripped from your, your chest and start, that me not- on. start me on yeah exactly so um, lots of disappointment the fan base I mean god if you look at the comment sections from our fans um, they want Halfley gone now and oh I, God. I'm not, I'm nowhere near that. I thought it was an execution issue by the players, but we'll, we'll talk about that. as we go along <laughs> in the year. Um, so they're my number three. Okay. Uh, going up from there, I got to go Louisville. Okay. Um, I don't know what the heck happened there. Um, <laughs> a team that everyone, I mean, I kind of ripped on this a little bit before the season started, but like everyone fell in love with Louisville. Mm-hmm. And they go out there and Scott Satterfield, who again, everyone's like, oh my gosh, he's figured things out. He looked worse than he did last year. Yeah. And again, that puts me at the point where I'm like, where is this program going? Yeah, they got some good recruits. Are they going to stay after if Satterfield coaches like he did against that, that team? Yeah. Listen, between Satterfield and Collins, I honestly don't know which coaching was worse. Truly. It was bad. Yeah. Bad, oh, bad, bad. Terrible. Yeah. All right. Next. And then just because they were down near the bottom, I'm going to put Duke. Just they beat Temple. Good. Sure. Sure. But they're, they're still near the bottom. And, and I want to give credit because they looked really good against Temple. So, yeah. And to have, to even have them not at the lowest bottom, that's a, a very much a, a step improved yeah. because they're usually the ones that was an afterthought. Nobody talks about, but they've got heads turning. Elko is definitely trying to get students excited, fans excited. That's half the battle. If you get, that, if you get that, then the kids will kind of get in there and want to play a little bit harder. And they certainly did that on last Saturday. Mm-hmm. And now they got to face what Northwestern, which I think is also a very winnable game. Yep. Yep. Exactly. I think you're totally yeah. right. So there's that. We appreciate the readings and rankings show that always gives us talking. I know this is going to be a very, very comet blasting episode based on this the Hurricanes being number five alone lets me know. But Georgia Tech being last and Clemson being number one is going to keep people up at night. And I just I, I appreciate you, AJ. We, we keep we keep the traffic busy over here. And so I, I'm always I do my best. <laughs> <laughs> Where can folks find you and follow all of your work? Yeah, you can check me out at Locked On Boston College. Find me on YouTube as well. Um, I'm the editor and publisher at Eagle Insider, uh, part of the 247 Sports Nation uh, Network. Excuse me. Um, become a member over there. Check out my work. I I promise you, I keep things as neutral as I can there, more than I do on Locked On BC. But you can enjoy my work there. And um, I do a BC podcast five days a week. You ain't gonna find that anywhere else. 
Yeah, absolutely. Guys, come back tomorrow. We've got a special episode that we're going to bring you because we got a locked on Virginia situation going down, new host in the building, and maybe some more treats, some tricks up my sleeve. For Candace Cooper and AJ Black, until next.